Grasp the Bible is a podcast of Spring Baptist Church that walks through selected books of the Bible, verse by verse, as well as spends time exploring biblical ideas and topics to help you understand and apply God's Word in your daily life. Pastor Dale Stein of our Klein campus will be leading each week's study. I'm Marty Richardson. I'm one of your co-hosts. It is so good to have you with us today. Today, we are continuing our study in Psalm. Mm -hmm. And um, it's funny, this is a, a bunny trail. You know, I love these. Now that you're a doctor, I need a definitive answer. Well, just takes some antibiotics and you'll be fine. Oh, no, no. You're not that kind of doctor. That's scary. Okay, mm-hmm. no. No, this, you hear this all the time. I've literally been to seminary and I know we've talked about it, but let's talk about with the people. Is it Psalms or Psalm? Okay. So the book is a collection of individual Psalms. So each one is a Psalm collectively. They are known as the Psalms. So if we're talking about the book, we call it the book of? The book of Psalms. If we're talking about Psalm 103, it's singular, correct? Correct. Okay. Just wanted to, because, you know, the average person, we just don't talk about that. Well, just like Revelation. It is a book of Revelation, not Revelations. It is one revelation that was given. Look at you. Man, Look, it's so smart. I that, appreciate this. That, that degree paid off. Yeah, it, it is good to have a theological dictionary just across the table from you. So now that we jump back into this, this is our 119th episode. I'll pretend like none of that happened. Mm-hmm. This is our 119th episode, and we are in Psalm 103. And the title for today is Mercy, Grace, and Forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Now, as we go into this... Um, so a lot of the Psalms have been focused on a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Last week, we talked about um, porking up fine people. Um, the week before, was it whining? Yeah, pretty I mean, much. I mean, that's not what it's called, but it could have been called my house on Thursday. But it was whining. We've also talked about, you know, coming through tough times and all those things. Today, mercy, grace, and forgiveness. I feel like this is like what it's all about. Yes. So let's jump right into it. Let's talk about mercy, grace, and forgiveness. Okay. What you got to say? Well, let's look and see what Psalm 103 verses 8 through 13 say. They say this, The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Now, he uses this word fear a couple of times. He also mentions it in verse 17. So real quickly, we need to understand what the psalmist meant by the word fear. He means a reverent awe. And this is the key. Right, God is not our buddy-buddy. He's not our co-pilot. He's not the man upstairs. He is God Almighty. And we need to have a right understanding of who he is. And when I was growing up in my home, I did not grow up Southern Baptist. And so for me, I had a very wrong understanding of who God was. I believed that he was this person in heaven who was just waiting for me to mess up who delighted in punishing me every time I made a mistake. So when I heard the word fear, that fit right in with that conception of, I need to be afraid because he's just looking for a reason to harm me. 
And then when I would sin, it's okay, here comes the punishment. And that is such a wrong view of what scripture really tells us about the Lord. Now, I, I, I grew up Southern Baptist, but I grew up in a bent of it that was very legalist. Mm-hmm. So I had a very similar situation where I've probably said this before. We, if you left from a Sunday morning and you hadn't like had all your toes broken by the pastor jumping up and down on you and then beating you to death on the way out, like you, you hadn't been at church, mm-hmm. you know, church was to convict you of your sins, you know. But I, I think that part of our problem here is that we have lost an understanding of respect in our culture. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think when we talk about, you know, was this earlier in the Psalm says the fear of the Lord is, no, actually it's a Proverbs. Proverbs. It says the fear of the Lord is beginning of all wisdom, right? It, it, it is having a respect for who he is mm-hmm. in the scheme of the whole universe, right. ultimately, right? But we have no respect for anything in our culture. Right. Um, and I, I think the thing we have to remember, like you and I do a lot of marital counseling, it says that husbands love your wife. What does it say to the wives? Wives respect your husband. Mm-hmm. That, that li- literally the love and respect side of that is the biggest problem in most marriages. Mm-hmm. And people say, well, I'll respect them when they're respectable. Well, no one's ever really respectable. Mm-hmm. But we know that's a lie because if we respected those that were respectable, we would never disrespect God because he is never disrespect. He's never unrespectable. Right. I don't know if anyone followed that. But the idea is that God is, is so powerful. Mm-hmm. And I think, yes, he is our friend because the Bible says that. Jesus calls us a friend. But that's part of how the Trinity works in us, right? Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about kind of an application here. Mm-hmm. How do we fear the Lord? Okay. So think about this. The psalmist uses the word father in here. I think he paints a great picture for us. Some of us grew up in homes where we had really good fathers as role models. Some, not so much. But God is the ultimate model of what a father is. So if we think about our relationship with him in terms of a family structure, he is our father. So as such, as the head of the family, he deserves uh, respect and deserves to be honored. And we also know that when he disciplines us, and the Lord does, um, that he does so not as a way of punishment, but as a means to chastise or discipline us to bring us back to him. And so uh, there are times when we do things we should not do, and the Lord does, we, we do feel his hand upon us. But it is never intended primarily to punish. His principal goal is to draw it our attention to that to make the situation painful with the goal of restoring us to relationship with him and getting back into that right relationship with him. Oh, great word. Again, our society says, if you love someone, you let them do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, right. whether it's parenting or, you know, friends, well, you know, cause one of our big problems in society, I'm all over the place today. I'm sorry. Um, is that we, we allow people to live in their own delusion and we act like that's love. But the greatest thing you can do for someone you love is encourage them to follow the healthiest, most righteous track in their life. Mm-hmm. Right. Whether, whether you're a parent, whatever, you know, um, a coworker, you know, just a friend. Mm-hmm. But our society says that if you really love somebody, you let them 
do let them be themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in psychological or in modern terms, this idea of discipline and fear are so far away from mercy, grace, and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. But in biblical terms, they're beginning of the process, yes. correct? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about how fear, discipline, chastisement, whatever word you want to use, mm -hmm. how that leads to our main point here, which is mercy, grace, and forgiveness. Yeah, so they really work hand in hand because the Lord will discipline us. He will chastise us. But here is the great thing, and the psalmist even points this out, he doesn't give us what we deserve. And I'm telling you, I am so glad that God does not give me what I deserve. Oh my goodness, yes. I mean, not, I mean, not you. Yeah. I mean, that he doesn't do the same thing to me. Right. We all know what we deserve. If, if all of us died and, and went to hell, okay, would God be fair and just? Absolutely he would because of what we've done to him. Mm. Okay. So, but he is not fair. He doesn't give me what I deserve. And so the psalmist points that out is that, that God knows our limits. He knows each one of us. And so in his grace and his mercy, he extends to us the opportunity to come back to him. And the way he does that is extending that through chastisement, through discipline, things to get our attention, to get us back on the right path. That is part of his mercy. That is part of his grace, believe it or not, because it's all in his design for us to get rid of those things in our lives that he doesn't want there. And sometimes those things are painful to us, giving those things up, or sometimes even dealing with the cost of those things in our lives is painful. But he knows if he can get our attention and draw us back to him, um, then we will be living the lives that he wants to us to live. Now, there is a danger that we have to really address here, and there's two extremes. Number one, the mistaken notion that God has to forgive me. For some reason, he is obligated to forgive us. That's one danger. The other danger on the other end is God cannot forgive me for what I've done. So for those of you who presume upon God's mercy, don't do that. There is nothing that obligates him at all to do anything for us. Mm. For those of you who maybe you were like me when I grew up, thinking God can never forgive me for what I've just done. I know this from reading through scripture is that when we truly repent of what we've done, when we have remorse, when we call out to God, when we ask him to forgive us from a broken spirit, a broken heart, and we see that situation from his viewpoint, that he is faithful to forgive us. Wow. Yes. Great word on that. Now, I think some people, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to go a little in the weeds here. You know, I like to do that. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of disconnect for people between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Mm -hmm. We have this God, and we talk a lot about fear. Mm -hmm. And in the New Testament, we feel like it talks a lot about God's love. Mm -hmm. Let's discuss two things, and, and I'm going to hold on to the second one. But the first thing is that God is actually showing us his plan of redemption all throughout the Old Testament, right? Mm -hmm. That when people lose sight of who he is, he gives them a way back. They come back. What happens? He forgives them. Then they forget about it. You know, I mean, that's what we see in the book of Judges, what, like mm -hmm. nine times, right. 11 times. And then the whole Old Testament is that way. It isn't that Jesus is a new thing. Right. So do you want to talk about 
because people might be confused. Mm -hmm. Like people talk about the God of the Old Testament, the God of the New Testament. Mm -hmm. Do do you want to talk about how God still disciplines us, but how we have a way out? Yeah. So we saw in the Old Testament this this idea, this concept called progressive revelation, whereas we begin all the way back in Genesis at the fall we see God's plan of sending Jesus back at that point. And then we see the entire Old Testament with the sacrificial system and God sending prophets and God installing these kings that he had some plan in place. And at the time, people in the Old Testament didn't really fully understand it. And then we see in the New Testament, Jesus fulfills each one of those roles as, as prophet, telling us what is to come, as priest, being the mediator between us and God, and then as king, the ultimate ruler over all things. So he was always part of God's plan, and God continued to show us that throughout the Old Testament. Now, when we look at the Old Testament and how God dealt with people, um, we see a lot of people being executed for things when they disobeyed God. And, And some people can look at that and they say, well, this God of the Old Testament, he was a God of wrath. He was a God of anger, and um, he was a God full of rage. Okay, yes all true. And they say, when I get to the New Testament, though, we don't see any of this. God is a God of love, and he's a good God. Agreed, he is. But my contention is this. The greatest display of God's wrath is actually seen in the New Testament, Mm. and that is at the cross. No doubt. God poured out his full wrath. If we, we look back and we look in these stories of the Old Testament, how God sent angels to kill thousands of people in one day, and we think, that's horrible. Or how um, God's people wiped out entire nations of people, and we think, oh, this is awful. God commanded this. And we look at these singular events, and we think each one is horrible. Fine. What would we think about stacking all those and all the punishment that's due on every single human being who has ever lived and who will ever live, all that punishment due to every single one of us and placing it all upon one person at one time. That is wrath that we cannot even imagine. So God is still a God of wrath. God is still a God who despises sin. However, once Christ came, those who place their faith in him are covered by the blood of Jesus in that wrath. Now, does that mean that God will still not discipline? Absolutely not. He will still discipline us because we are his children. That's why he disciplines us. However, we know that we are not subject to the wrath that is to come. Oh, that was good. Thank you. That was good. You guys should rewind that and listen to that again, because that's what I'm going to do on Monday. Okay, great word on that. Now, you you said the the greatest moment of God's wrath was on the cross. Mm -hmm. Agree. But what's interesting, I think, you know, we saw the Old Testament, what happened, then Jesus was able to pay that cost. But we will see another display of God's wrath coming in the future, correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. And so people need to be aware of that as well, that when you— the, the revelation will end one day. Mm-hmm. And it at, at the end of those things, those who have not been covered by the blood of Jesus will then be subject to what they deserve. Yes. What we all deserve. Mm-hmm. But some of us will have accepted God's free gift. Right. And our lives be changed. Now, I, I want to hit on something. You talked about the folks that... um. I don't know how to say it, so I'll say it, who like to sin, ask for forgiveness, and and, kind of just sort of just keep on doing it. Mm -hmm. 
um, I think Paul talks about that when he says, uh, should I keep on sinning? And he goes, what well, he says it four times, by no means. I mean, the, you know, the original language has right. that, that thing. Because it does feel wonderful when you've messed up, mm-hmm. when you've sinned, and you turn to him in, in a real way. Can, the Holy Spirit's convicted you, and you say, Lord, I have messed up. There's nothing quite like it mm-hmm. to feel the lifting of that burden from you. Yes. But Paul is speaking on behalf of the Holy Spirit, knowing that that can be a little bit emotionally addictive mm-hmm. if we're not careful. Right. Um, to that, that feeling of forgiveness. And I, so we do have to be careful that why God does forgive us, the, the point is he forgives us to propel us to change. Yes, absolutely. Well, Awesome. This is such a great, great word. As we wrap up, do you have any like specific things about mercy, grace, and forgiveness that we just need to have on our minds as we walk away? Yeah. So for those of you wrestling with the question of how can God forgive me for what I've done? The enemy, the devil, he loves to come back to us and go, do you really think you've changed? How can God forgive you for all this? And he likes to keep bringing up our past. Okay. He likes to get historical, reminding us of all these things that we've done. How do I know? Oh my gosh. He has done this to me on multiple occasions. And he appeals to my flesh going, you remember that time that person hurt you? You never really did forgive them. Or that's still in your mind. You remember that? Let me remind you of these things. See, this is how God's doing with you too, Daryl, is that, you know, you think he may have forgiven you, but he really didn't. He still knows about it. It's still there. It's in his mind. And I love what the psalmist says, is that he's removed it from us as far as the East is from the West. So here's the thing, right? We, we both live in homes. Once a week, we have a company that we pay that comes around, takes the trash away and hauls it off to someplace in a landfill to bury it. Okay. So think about our sin as being that trash. And then God says, I'm going to take that away from you and bury it. Now, For us, you and I can go and find the landfill, more than likely where our trash is. And if we really wanted to go find it, we can dig through it and find our garbage and say, there it is. But when God takes our garbage away and we say, okay, let's go looking for it. God's like, no, 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 no. You can't. It's been removed so far from you. You can't find it anymore. Does God forget? No. However, God refuses to hold that against us anymore. So if you are wrestling with that, your sins have been removed from you as far as east is from the west. So my question is this, where does the east begin and where does the west end? Where does it? Look up in the sky and show me where the, we always talk about east and west. Great. Where does one end and the other begin? We can't find that. That's the whole point is that our sins have been removed so far from us. They cannot come back to us again. Oh, that's a great word. And, And I was, I've been fascinated by space since I was a kid and somebody was talking about the idea that once you get out into space, there is no up, there is no down, there is no east, there is no west, there is no left, there is no right. Literally, it's just vastness. Mm-hmm. And that's the where God lives. Mm-hmm. And he lives in that vastness, and he has tossed our sin there. Mm-hmm. Oh, great word on that. This is a great psalm um, to also to, to meditate on over your family. Yes. Because... Um, Let's be honest, the people we live closest with are the people we sometimes have the hardest time having mercy, grace, and forgiveness with, Mm -hmm. those that we're closest to. Whether it be at work, you you spend a lot of time with your friends and your family, we forgive each other, but we sometimes do the most damage to the people closest to us. Yes. 
So, you know, today I'd, I'd encourage you to meditate on this. How can I apply this to the people closest around me as well as myself? Mm-hmm. Like God has forgiven me. Have I forgiven those around me the way God has forgiven me? Right. Because, man, I, I think that our, our society never forgets anything. Yeah. I mean, we're in a political cycle right now. And, you know, they're trying to dig up everything that anyone ever did wrong. Mm-hmm. Both sides. I mean, it, it's 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 not a, a side that's doing. Everybody does it. Right. And uh, I, d- I just wonder if we just loved people a little bit more. If people would see that and want that and change. Mm-hmm. Well, very good. So this is um, Psalm 103. Mm-hmm. How many more weeks do we have in Psalms? Just a couple more. A couple more. Do you know what we're doing next? Yeah. So next time we're going to talk about worship. We're all made to worship something. So what What do the Psalms say about worship? I like that idea. I figured you would. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, um, please stay tuned for our seven-hour special on worship and all the things that we think you should do. Maybe seven minutes. How about seven minutes? That's better. Seven minutes. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. As always, I know we were a little silly today and had some fun. We hope you have enjoyed that. Make sure that you like and share this on all the platforms. And um, if you'll check out the notes, um, I know I say this every week just about, but it's just a good way to hear it. And if you're watching us, you can see that. But also just reading the notes help you internalize it. But make sure um, you also share this with your friends and family mm-hmm. that need to hear this because there are a lot of people walking around carrying a lot of burdens and they need to know there is a God who loves them. And if they will change, if they will follow him and accept him, he can carry those burdens for them. Yes. That's pretty awesome. Absolutely. And we want that for our loved ones. So thank you for joining us today. Join us next week as we continue to grasp the Bible.